Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ants. They're organized, industrious, and hungry. But in the undergrowth, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Empires of the Undergrowth is a fast-paced ant colony management game developed by Slug Disco Studios. Underground, you build your nest, construct tunnels, and store food. On the surface, your ants claim territory, gather resources, and clash with other colonies. Head to thenakedscientist.com forward slash empires game for more. Stop raising and lowering the new podcast desk. Isn't that good? It's going up and down. Are we still recording? Oh, we are. <laughs> Is this the optimum height? Hang on. Oh, really? Are you happy? <laughs> yeah. Let's go. It's the Naked Gaming Podcast with me, Lee Milner. This is where you speak. Last time I spoke and you went, no, you ruined my introduction. <laughs> so I can't win with you. Sorry. I like the new desk, though. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? We've upgraded. It sounds like Transformers. It's good, isn't it, though? It's quite... Stop it's taken... playing with your new It's toy. taken ages, though, to come. Yeah, How long has. have we been waiting for this desk? Two months. Yeah. Which is why we had to record a podcast, Crouching in the Dust. Yes. That was a good episode. That was um, a high point in my life. Well, last time we put out an episode of Monkey Island Discs. You can catch it right now. It's with the BBC's China media analyst, Kerry Allen. Gaming did play a large part and, uh, and have a big influence on um, yeah, my decision to learn Chinese. But this month, we're all about the games. Yeah, audio-only games. Ah. How do they work? And are they any fun? Mm. Also, there's lots of new games for next-gen consoles. Finally, it's been a bit rubbish this year so far, but we've got Deathloop, FIFA 22, Far Cry 6, and Back for Blood. It's finally come out. <laughs> Don't forget Metroid Dread on the Switch. I've got the new Switch. Mm-hmm. The OLED Switch. Do you know what OLED stands for? Go on, I'm sure you know. I'll have to Google it. No, it's, <laughs> no, it's, I, think <laughs> I it's thought you had that up your sleeve. Organic light-emitting diode. So that's good, isn't it? It's a more... It's a bigger screen, that's it. It makes a bit of a noise though, doesn't it? Yeah, we'll get on to I think we should do a special episode on the new Switch, but when you plug it in to charge and the screen is on, it goes... Sounds like it's taking off. Like this desk. (laughs) Here's Lee Milner, the new OLED version of Lee Milner. That's the Outstanding Legend Edition. That's you. (laughs) When do they upgrade? (laughs) I don't know, but you certainly cost a bit more money. (laughs) Here's the news. We'll be reviewing the critically acclaimed shooter Deathloop later on in the podcast. You'd think it was the number one bestseller for the last few weeks, but not on Steam. At one point, Gas Station Simulator had more people playing the game than Deathloop. It might be because there were frame rate issues on the PC version, which have since been fixed. Oh, you're not even trying. In other Deathloop news, the voice of the main character, Colt, is played by Jason Kelly. Turns out he hadn't managed to get hold of a PS5 or a copy of the game. 
Luckily, the head of the company that published the game, Pete Hines from Bethesda, said he could arrange to send him one. Earlier this year, Microsoft acquired Bethesda, so some Xbox fans are finding this whole situation very amusing. An Xbox exclusive studio just bought someone a PS5. I'm done playing this your way. It's the cult show from now on. <laughs> Demos are back. Sony have announced that PS5 owners like Jason Kelly will have the chance to download selected first-party titles and try them out free of charge for a limited time. The first two games available are Death Stranding Director's Cut and Sackboy A Big Adventure. And as Chris mentioned, the Switch OLED has been released. It basically has a brighter screen and, well, that's about it. It's a few grams heavier and the kickstand is different, but at least it's only £50 more expensive. Currently retailing at £310. Thank you, Lee. And we have the new Switch. We actually got it in today in the post. Hang on, you say we. You ordered it for you. Yeah. Sorry, I'll do this bit again. Uh, thanks, Lee. I've got the new Switch, which has arrived today, and I'm going to review it in a special episode on my own. Can't wait. Stop kidding around, Snake. Let's go on to some new releases. First thing to mention, Death Stranding Director's Cut. It's got improved visuals and performance, and you can get more items it's got the haptic feedback in the trigger so that's good I like that. and 3d audio support which is exciting because now we have yes this has blown you away hasn't it we have a surround sound so i'm upstairs and i can just hear chris go whoa <laughs> and that's because of the surround sound is it well what's been amazing was uh, we'll talk about this when we review back for blood but if, if the character's in front of you it comes out the main speaker in your telly but then if you sort of spin your character around the voice comes out from the speakers behind the sofa. Whoa! I'm like, why are they hiding behind there? Wow. It's really That's good. It's pretty cool. Um, but before that, our reporter, Alex Rhodes, is usually relegated to the end of the podcast to do our simulator of the month. Well, he's kicked off. He's gone oh. to HR. There is no HR. No. And he said, please, can I do an actual game? Wow, he's becoming a bit of a diva. He is. The diva Alex Rhodes is going to review Far Cry 6. We'll start with the trailer and then Alex can take centre stage. I am El Presidente, which means that someday you will be El Presidente. And our people, they do not know how to be happy. They are torn apart by opinions, noise, indecision, strangled by their own freedoms. And even if you have love in your heart, even if you want what's best for them, if you only want to save them from themselves... They will hate you, Diego. Everything you say, do, believe, will be wrong. Hello, Chris and Lee. It's Alex here. Back again for another month. This time I'm playing Far Cry 6. I picked it up recently uh, from a PlayStation 5. Uh, I'm on a mission at the moment uh, to rescue this uh, sort of guerrilla fighter. The sort of overall plot of the theme is you're in a place that definitely isn't Cuba, but definitely is Cuba, called Yara fighting against uh, a dictator played by um, Giancarlo Esposito or uh, Gus from Breaking Bad. Classic Far Cry affair, really. I'm accompanied as well at the moment by a crocodile called Guapo. One great thing about Far Cry, it's always kind of mixed that kind of silliness with, uh, you know, serious storytelling and things like that. It's, uh, it's good fun. So um, this dictator has basically figured out a way 
to cure cancer and he reckons he's going to sort of reinstate Yara's standing in the world um, by, well, but basically by selling this sort of cure and it's made from kind of um, distilled tobacco uh, somehow. I'm going to leave my crocodile here for now because he keeps setting off guards. The map's mega, as you'd expect from sort of (laughs) the direction of travel which uh, these games have been going for a long time now. There's a bit of sort of screen tearing a little bit sort of it drops a few frames sometimes especially when um, the dictator comes on now I, I think it might be something to do with the fact that there's so much sort of obviously the, the budget has gone on sort of rendering that guy old uh, Esposito Giancarlo Esposito so I reckon that they've put so much effort in sort of tracking his face it, it causes the game to sort of drop a few frames right okay here we go so we're off now there you go. So that was the sound of my mega crossbow. I'm on a horse, which is new. Ah, oh no, I've crashed the horse. Is that the right term? Come on, come on, jump, jump. You can shoot your gun while riding the horse. No, take that. No one does fire quite like uh, Ubisoft, so all the fire looks amazing. Um, there's an early mission early on where you sort of burn down a sort of tobacco field. Uh, with a flamethrower and your character says oh that's that felt really familiar and that's hinting to the fact that you do that in almost all far cry games you burn some kind of field with some kind of flamethrower and even the game is kind of aware that it's not really doing many you know it's going over similar sort of beats and doing similar sort of things so this will come down to the fact do you like far cry games if you do you'll probably like this one because it's more of the same it looks good There's a couple of tweaks here and there to make it a bit easier. One good thing, um, when you boot up the game, there's loads of sort of accessibility settings that you can change. You know, if you're colorblind or anything like that, there's all sorts of settings that you can change to make it really accessible and easy to play for everyone. So that's a really great thing. Um, One thing you do have, you have like a special attack. So if I um, press L1 and R1 at the moment, the weapon I've got uh, equipped uh, will shoot sort of missiles at the air. It will go third person for a second, shoot a load of missiles into the air that will sort of smash down on... Uh, my enemies but again that is just kind of a different weapon more than a a, a significant change to the kind of gameplay or the structure of the game itself so yeah if you like far cry you'll like this game if you were a bit sick of far cry when you finish far cry 5 then maybe you want to wait until this one drops in price this isn't the kind of jump from you know the old style of assassin creed games to the new style of assassin creed games i think a few people thought that maybe that would happen Uh, with this sort of iteration of Far Cry. Maybe they would change up the formula, but no, not to be this time. Very enjoyable nonetheless and looks great, as I say. So there you go, Chris and Lee. That's Far Cry 6. You know you like Mortal Kombat, right? I love fighting games. I can't believe it's got a cock fighting simulator. Cockerels. Isn't isn't that illegal? Yes. So that's why animal (laughs) rights activists are kicking off that this is in the game. I'm not surprised. All I would say is this. Isn't it better... That it's in a game form. But I suppose is it encouraging people to, to want to do it if you can play it as a game? Or is it like a be- I mean, better if, to if, have it But there? if you had that with everything in gaming, like a lot of things I was would gonna be... I was going to say, you could kick off about the rest of Far Cry 6 because you're going around shooting people. Exactly. Uh, it's out now anyway. Uh, very expensive, as Alex says. £50 and it's out on all platforms. Right, it's time to review Deathloop. Go on then. What, what did you make of it? Now it's time to review Deathloop. I'm not falling for this. Now it's a, no, because <laughs> this is how the game works, right? So you go and you 
do your very first playthrough, okay? And you start off in your cult, and you wake up on a beach, and you go, what happened? I've got such a bad hangover. It's like us every morning. <laughs> it's like this morning, wasn't it? Hang on, we in this game? <laughs> <laughs> got to let Richard the Carpenter in. Next day, got to let Richard the Carpenter in. <laughs> Just... Gotta text Jason. Gotta text Jason yeah, the, yeah. the plumber. You want out of a time loop? You gotta learn how it works. Black Reef is a puzzle, and each visionary is a different piece. Here's Eagle. I am a respected scientist. I've done so many loops, I've learned to run circles around him. As you're running through to the first door, it says, you know, this text pops up all around you and it says, you know, don't go that way. Or, you know, oh, what happened last night? Can you even, what's the password for this door? So it comes up with all these really cool prompts on the screen. And it's a first person shooter. You're this really powerful assassin guy. Uh, and the first thing that you discover is that you're stuck in a loop and you keep reliving the same day again and again. And there's another, you're an assassin and there's another one called Juliana who's trying to take you down, who's super, super angry at you. But you don't know what you did. You can't remember oh, anything. Man. So it's literally like when um, married couples go to bed and they argue and they have an argument and then they can't remember Next why day, in the morning. Re- yeah. Repeat. Yeah, wow. exactly. Um, it's very, very much like Dishonored. It's mm. from the same people who made Dishonored. So it's got that very cool combat. You've got the super powerful kick. You've got a machete that's ridiculous. The guns are amazing. I can't believe how good this game is. Like it got hugely critically acclaimed reviews across the board, and I thought it can't be that good. Mm. It is that good. It's a little bit easy because when you die, you just go back and, you know, respawn again. It gives you a few chances before you have to do the hard reset. But you've got to get it. It's so good. It's a PS5 and PC exclusive at the moment, as we heard earlier. £50. Get it. It's amazing. Okay, we've got another new review now for you. And this is a game where somebody in our household has been not letting me play the PlayStation. I love it so much. And it's been dominating all all the playing time. I love it. It's called Keener Bridge of Spirits. And it is amazing. (laughs) Something tells me you did not come to our village looking for forest creatures. Hello, spirit. I seek passage to the sacred mountain shrine. Our village is bound to the shrine's energy. But that power faded long ago. So you know that I love any kind of 3D platformer. Um, if you like Crash Bandicoot or Ratchet and Clank, then you will absolutely love this game. It's the very kind of fantasy world. You go around uh, collecting rot, which is... It's not what you think. It's it the, sounds really awful, no, the, no, no, the rot. They're, they're really cute little kind of like squidgy things that you kind of pick up and they, um, they're really smiley and you collect them and you have to find them through the forest um, but you also come against some baddies, which is quite cool, and you've got some really cool um, weapons. You've got a staff that does loads of crazy stuff, haven't you? Yeah, and uh, throughout the game you kind of learn new techniques and moves, and it's just, you know, one of those games that you can just sit down and just play. For and hours just... so that I can't play. Exactly, How am I yeah. supposed to reveal Deathloop if you're sitting there? But it's so beautiful as well. It's, it's so a bit like, pretty. what film is it like? It's like a Pixar film. Yeah. It is Again. beautiful. And yeah, it's just a really fun game to play. And if you, as I say, if you like anything like Ratchet and Clank and Crash Bandicoot, you will absolutely love this one. I would give this probably a 9 out of 10. Mm, really 9 good. out of 10. 
It's a PlayStation and uh, Microsoft Windows uh, available if you want it now, and it's a bit cheaper than your average game. It's 33 quid ish to buy it. Absolute bargain. Power up. Now, here's our FIFA correspondent, Drew Miller Hindman. He reviews the latest FIFA releases every year, and he's back with FIFA 22. Finally, some would argue, a new FIFA game. After several games that have started to feel a little bit stale, with the same old gameplay and the same old engine, there's been some real changes driven off the back of the new console generation to the gameplay animations, the way that players interact with each other and the physics of that. Powered by real football, Hypermotion technology is a next generation exclusive that revolutionizes football gameplay in every match of every mode. A lot of these are sadly locked behind the new console generation. If anyone knows how to get a PS5, please DM me. Uh, but it is a really, really noticeable change. One of the biggest ones for me is the goalkeeper animations. Goalkeepers have felt overpowered for a long time. That is the nature of FIFA being a game. Goalkeepers need to be strong enough that it doesn't feel like you can shoot from anywhere and get a goal. But at least now it looks a bit like a human being could have made that save with the way they move and animate themselves, as opposed to just an inhuman leap from one post to the other because the system decided your shot wasn't good enough for a goal. A brand new goalkeeper system makes your number one more reliable between the posts. With more composed shot stopping, and more personality that replicates the different styles of world-class keepers. As for actual gameplay modes, online is basically unchanged. Ultimate Team is wildly popular. Pro Clubs has its own cult following. So they've sort of left that alone, and only time will tell if the stability issues people have complained about in previous FIFAs have been improved upon. The biggest change in single-player, other than Volta returning with some sort of more fun party elements, definitely one to play with friends, but maybe not one for your own, is career mode. Career mode has brought back, I guess you would say, the create a club feature, but with way more options. You can change the colour of the pitch, you can choose your stadium and customise the colour of your seats and the actual stadium itself. It really gives you some proper customization options. My only criticism would be the badge selection. It's not great. There are lots of them, but they're all very similar and all have EA Sports on them, which takes away a bit of the immersion. Personally, I'm a big Ted Lasso fanboy, so I've created AFC Richmond. I've created my own Ted Lasso. Facial hair wasn't there, sadly, so he's got a bit of a pathetic moustache, but I'm really enjoying it. And as you can probably hear, I'm getting really immersed in the story you can create with Creator Club, which was sort of the main appeal of career mode is the story you can create for yourself. The data from every touch, tackle and sprint inspires over 4,000 new animations, raising the responsiveness, physicality and intensity of players and teams as they move around the pitch. So I definitely recommend picking this one up. I mean, it's finally a change. It's new. If you can get yourself immersed in the tactics of it, you can really turn your team into a dynamic, fluid squad of players. And if you've got the next generation of consoles, I cannot recommend enough picking this one up if you're a FIFA fan. If you're still on the old ones, it could still be worth it. But if you're thinking, I'm going to get the PS5 for Christmas, hold up. If you're not going to get the version that includes both of them, which you can download, hold up, wait for the new one and take full advantage of these new features because it's definitely going to be worth it. Thanks, Drew. Have you seen the story about FIFA? I I love this story. Looks like uh, FIFA 22 will be the last game in the series of that title. I s- <laughs> <laughs> you, you know when like, a company has a tiff with another company yeah. and it's just everywhere? It's like huge goss. And then they put out the statement on Twitter. It's really embarrassing. 
Yeah. FIFA wanted uh, EA to pay one billion, not million, billion dollars for the use of the FIFA name. Okay. So that's more than doubling the price. What of what they already paid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And they kind of went, uh, yeah, how about uh, no? Uh, <laughs> they trademarked EA Sports FC. So that'll probably be the next game in the series. We don't know yet, but EA Sports FC and then, what, it 23? Does, it doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't, but would but you pay a billion dollars? It sounds like Austin Powers. A billion dollars. We want you to pay us a billion, billion. dollars. <laughs> I mean, yes, FIFA and EA have always been you know, synonymous with They've football They've been games. the dream team, yeah. But yeah, that's a good way of thinking of it, the dream team. But now the dream team has got a new manager. Oh, <laughs> Oh dear. It's out now as well if you want to buy FIFA 22. It probably become a collector's item, the last one with that title. Why do you think they said that? Why do you think they said a billion? Cuz they cause, it's silly. Well, Cuz they think that that's they've calculated and sat down and gone that's how much we think they should pay us. And then EA have gone I know that's what you think, but we you know, <laughs> we don't think you add that much value. They must be pretty confident though that this, you know, the F- EA Sports FC is going to do all right. Well, we shall watch this space, but the probably the last FIFA game, FIFA 22, is out now 50 quid on all platforms if you want it. Pills here! Um, the time has come. Can I just review Back for Blood, please, forever? Don't sigh at me. I like zombies. You've been excited about this game for ages, to be fair. What is that? Take it out! Oh, man! This is my favourite hoodie. A little club soda will take that right out. Watch out! Okay, so I played the beta, the beta test, right? I've never, I'm not really one of those people who signs up for the early access release, wow. okay? Okay. But I really was so that keen. So I played the early access and I thought, this is pretty good. There's a few problems. What, why, why are we keen, especially, to play this? My favourite game ever is probably Left 4 Dead the first one uh, the sequel was pretty good not as good but Left 4 Dead 2 and I played it throughout university mm-hmm. with my r- roommates there's four of us on one Xbox 360 Left 4 Dead you can also play in um, did you know in like arcades because we went to South End recently did you know that you can actually play that on the arcade I don't know why we didn't we played Jurassic Park arcade that's <laughs> da, why da, da, da. you overruled me that's why yeah always uh, but this one has come out and it's essentially Left 4 Dead 3 but it's called Back for Blood it's the same people who originally did it, um, they've improved everything from the beta version hugely. So it's actually a properly good game now. Okay. It's still the same problem. You can't play locally. I can't play with you and go online and play with other Why people. Why do games do this? I know that because it's more complicated to run and stuff like that, I sort of get it, but you've got to be able to play couch co-op with somebody because this is a game which if you play it on your own, it doesn't work as a concept. Yeah. You need other people to be on your team. That's and I'd like, to, I'd like to play. Exactly. And but... that's probably why, in fact, that's probably why I don't play it. <clears throat> yeah, because because I only like to play shooters with another person. Exactly right. So it's one of those games which I give it an 8 out of 10 because when you're having that multiplayer online experience, it's probably the, one of the best experiences I've had in a very long time playing games. You know, you've got three other people, everyone's trying to beat these hordes of zombies and the big special ones and the story's much better than Left 4 Dead. There's actually a story. The characters have individual traits which they didn't used to have before there's a card system which is very advanced and it makes it interesting every time you play but it doesn't have the key thing that i loved about the original the local co-op you can get it as part of xbox pass now and you don't have to pay anything so that's amazing uh, you can also pay 50 quid for it on the playstation and pc 
It's out now, and I'd say, like I say, it's good, but you need to be able to add that local co-op. Did you know that there's a whole genre? Genre. 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 You know when you say a word and it doesn't really make sense what, in your genre? Head? genre? Genre. Yeah, I thought, did I say it right? Genre. Genre. Genre of games <laughs> that, are a, that are 100% audio. So no visual element at all. It's amazing that they can even make a game that you could play with no visual... Because they're so used to playing games on the screen. Actually, in fact, one was released recently called The Veil Shadow of the Crown... And it's actually been quite high profile. So uh, you caught up with Dave Evans from Falling Squirrel, who designed the game. When I first thought of the idea of doing this, I I actually, for about a week, thought this might be a completely original idea, as as many people assume, because uh, they're not exposed to, to many games like this. Audiogames.net has a whole catalog of, of games they've been tracking, probably up to a, a, over a thousand games, uh, but mostly really small games made by hobbyists, uh, simple driving games um, or uh, shooting games, that sort of thing. And uh, uh, But my original idea was to do something quite big uh, in a medium I thought I could afford to, to do it, essentially. Um, yeah, so I, I'd worked in AAA, I'd, I'd work on, on bigger projects, and I just really wanted to do something that uh, could focus in on things that I, I felt I could do well, which was narrative and, and working with actors. So that's that's really why I, I did the game. And the narrative is such an important part of the game. And just give us a bit of a flavour of that as well, because I think from the title, people might be able to guess that we're kind of in a fantasy world, or at least we've got kind of medieval characters and things like that. So so give us a flavour of the game itself. Yeah, it's a, it's a low fantasy medieval setting. Um, uh, it's a, a, a choice mostly based on me wanting to start in a familiar place for doing something very different from what I've done. Uh, and I also thought it was great for the, the soundscape, uh, having a lot of uh, sounds, noisy sounds that might mean something in combat that were up close. Um, so medieval fighting being very much around uh, melee combat and not shooting guns from far away. I, I thought that made a lot of sense for what I wanted to do with combat. You play as a uh, blind character, a princess who's been sort of exiled by her uh, father out into the barrens to lord over a castle. And then an invading army swoops in and pushes her out of that place. And she has to make her way back um, home uh, with the help of people she meets along the way. Why would it be my father's dying wish to send me to the Borderlands? You, Alex, are officially home. My lord. What is it? Odette and Riders from the northwest. Wait here, Alex. Uncle? Uncle! And I want to say very clearly, you don't have to be blind to play and seriously enjoy this game. Um, It's really fun. Uh, Yeah, in in fact, the game uh, very initially was, was... uh, me wanting to do an audio game uh, without really thinking about accessibility. Uh, very quickly, accessibility became something that was obvious uh, to what the game was going to be and being all audio. And I, I started partnering up with people that could help me make a game who were familiar with games like this. And most importantly, were part of the a blind community um, and could uh, help me make a game uh, that would satisfy some of the things that they would want to see. Because I thought this would be just, a, a, it made a lot of sense that people within this community might be interested in this game. But in the end, it kind of went back to where I started, where 
I, I think I made a game that uh, is as much for sighted players um, as it is for, for blind, blind players. And I, I kind of made a game with the blind community for the sighted community on a, on a certain level. Just tell me a bit about the combat, because that's something that struck me the most. Is yes, you've got the story, but then you've actually created a system of combat where you're reacting to almost, uh, well, it is audio cues, and then you have to do the right kind of uh, parry or counterattack or button press, essentially, in order to win in the combat. So tell us a bit about that whole system. Uh, yeah, the combat is based around uh, a sort of a slot system where enemies will move into places uh, around you, where someone's either in front of you to the left or the right. Uh, and then most of the, the combat is about you listening to what they're doing, what kind of enemy they are, what they might have, and then uh, reacting or appropriately swinging out at them and, and kind of initiating attacks. So you're, uh, it's a combination, I guess, of timing your response to their attack, like blocking, and then timing your counterattacks. As the game moves on, there's there's some nuances to that in terms of enemies that have combos that you can kind of listen to, you know when to interrupt their attacks. <laughs> on the higher level settings, you really have to pay attention to this, and, it, and it, it's something that's a little bit evocative of uh, like a Mike Tyson's punch-out sort of scenario where there's, there's a little bit of pattern recognition. Um, and then because of my own sensibilities and wanting to make things feel kind of raw, uh, I also made it a little more organic and there's quite a bit of unexpected aspects to multiple enemies attacking you. So you wouldn't hear, feel the same sort of pattern uh, twice. You'd recognize the things you need to know from where enemies are and what you have to do, um, but you don't ever have to uh, truly memorize something so it becomes uh, automated, which is what I wanted to avoid. How interesting is that? I didn't know that there were so many audio-only games anyway and that there was such a community of people that play them and that also sighted and non-sighted gamers can play them alike. Well, look, if anybody who's listening to us today actually plays one of these games, get in touch. Let us know how you find it. Let us know if there's anything that could be improved. Maybe we could pass on to the developers. Uh, you can get in touch the usual way. And that was Dave Evans, who I chatted to. Falling Squirrel, The Veil Shadow of the Crown, by the way. It's out now for Xbox and PC, and it's 16 quid. Time for my favourite part of the podcast. That's a new, new jingle, everybody. It's time for Retro Revival. And the wait is finally over for Metroid Dread. The most powerful bounty hunter in the galaxy, Samus Aran. On her latest mission, she'll explore the inner belly of a beastly planet. The Switch finally has an awesome game just for the Switch. Okay. Switch only, okay? So you've got to get a Switch to play this one. If you've ever played the Metroid games before, it's very similar. It's uh, called a Metroidvania game. That's the genre <laughs> named after this style of game and also Castlevania. It's a side-scrolling platforming type thing. So you're running up and down, running away from bad guys, shooting them. Uh, have you played Metal Slug as well, where you shoot the bullets and then it goes all around you? You can no. aim aim forward, backward, any way okay. you like. 
Shadow Complex. Those are the kind of games that this is like, of course. You've got to buy it for the Switch. It's probably one of the best games I've played because not only do you have your jumping around platforming, but Mm. occasionally a big boss will run at you. And instead of just you having to kill it and run away, there's like a sort of action event where it, it sort of the camera changes angle to behind you uh, and then the boss runs I, at you and then you have to press like I like a, those I like those games thing. and it's, it's quite clever it's really really action orientated yeah and it makes you feel like you're in the game rather than the problem with normal normally with these metroidvania games is you feel like you're just looking down from outside you're not really involved these bring you right up close and personal it's super super fun uh, everybody's going crazy over it the only thing i would have said is at the beginning they didn't spend any money setting up the game. <laughs> like, it has a load of text. It just looks like someone's typed out, you know, like, in the missions, you're a, you know, this this person, <laughs> and there's these Metroids and these things. And you just think, God, just put a trailer in or anything. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is it's 50 quid, right? Which yeah. is very expensive. I, yeah, I'm going to say. Because Deathloop is 50 quid. Yeah. And it's one of the best games I've ever played. Next generation, you know, amazing graphics. This is, like, really good graphics, but it's not... 50 quid's worth. Right. So they're pushing the look a little bit. They certainly are, but you've got to buy it just simply because it's one of the best games that the Switch has ever had. Maybe they started on a budget and then and then someone gave them some money and they thought, oh, actually, we we'll, we'll better make make this quite a good game. <laughs> well, after the text, yeah. text game. Yeah, but they've already got that in the bag and old Steve <laughs> has like, done them a good job, a D- good deal. Don't overdo the text. Yeah, just let yeah, that roll. Let yeah. that roll. But no, get it out. It's out now. It's really good. I just want to mention that Alan Wake Remastered, uh, that's another retro revival, one of my favourite horror games has been remade with 4K visuals. The problem is that they've, they've sort of made it 4K, but they haven't improved any of the original actual, <laughs> you know. So hang on, Alan Wake Remastered hasn't been re- remastered. Well, it's, it's been like upscaled, so it's all the original things. <laughs> I don't think that quite has the no. same ring to it. No. It, Alan it, Wake. Upscaled. Upscaled. <laughs> <laughs> I just... It, I don't really know why they did it, because I loved the original so much, but they haven't really gone back and changed all the textures to be better. I think I know why they did it. Because of money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Mass Effect Legendary is like the opposite end of the scale, where they've redone the facial animations. I'm really disappointed by this. I don't know why they bothered. It's actually making my memories of playing the original a little bit less good. So okay. avoid that one. And Castlevania, you know, we mentioned Metroidvania uh, so there's Metroid and then there's Castlevania. They've re-released the Castlevania Advance Collection on oh, okay. the Switch. Uh, if you smash through Metroid Dread and you want something similar but a bit more old school, you could go for that. There's loads of games included. It's super, super cheap. Um, and it's just my childhood from the Game Boy Advance. But now it's on the Switch. Busy night, but there's always room for another. A <sighs> lot of games. A lot of games this month. So many games. A glut. I don't know how we've managed to fit it all in, to be honest, with the house and the DIY. It's been a lot going on. Yes. We've had... What's been going on? So we've had... Um, Flexis Blood. Flexi. We tried to... We bought this table with the... You just, it's really... Don't do it that high. How high does I, it go? Actually, I can't see you now, so it's ideal. Oh, that's not nice. So this this table comes from... Um, Flexis Blood. Oh, yeah. When you, it's called FlexiSpot, but when you phone them up and it's their sort of, you know, welcome to... FlexiSpot. FlexiSpot. <laughs> welcome to FlexiSpot. So now when I say to Chris, have you phoned FlexiSpot? FlexiSpot. <laughs> but the problem is that the top of the table came damaged originally. So we got a replacement, but then the replacement arrived and it was also damaged. So now we're waiting for the third replacement top from the... Oh, and he swore then. How many uh, the grey hairs have you got now? Chris is going grey. I look like Bailey the bunny. <laughs> Fully grey. 
He's going on holiday soon, isn't he? We're going to go away to finally have a break from moving house. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Bailey's going to his holiday rabbit home. Rabbit paradise. Yeah. Uh, hol- yeah. Crazy lady who loves rabbits, yeah. basically. Yeah. So he's going away for two weeks. We're going away for two weeks. But the podcast will be out. We're going to do an, a Switch OLED special um, edition for you. So kind of, is it worth paying 50 quid extra for that? Well, you'll have loads of time to play it on the aeroplane. On the aeroplane, on the beach. I'll be playing the Switch. <laughs> You're like, put the Switch down. Like, no, I need to... No, i like, get me a cocktail. Okay. Once I beat Metroid Dread, I'll be there <laughs> for you, darling. Welcome to our lives. They're organised, industrious and hungry. But in the undergrowth, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Empires of the Undergrowth is a fast-paced ant colony management game developed by Slug Disco Studios. Underground, you build your nest, construct tunnels and store food. On the surface, your ants claim territory, gather resources and clash with other colonies. Head to thenakedscientist.com forward slash empires game for more.